never know what we're going to talk about. We okay, just great. start talking and then yeah. it happens. What did you do today? <laughs> That's today. a legit question. What did you do today? It yeah. is a legit question. That's usually how it starts. <laughs> what did I do today? Today I woke up. Um, I stopped drinking. So, Congratulations. Well, I didn't stop drinking. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like taking a breather from my body for the next little while. Um, so last night I DJed at Bar Palco. Verdun. Yeah, in Verdun. So um, uh, the lovely team there offered me um, a shot, and I I didn't say no. I had one. <laughs> so this morning I woke up with a massive headache. Over one shot. Over one shot. A shot of what? That's a good question. <laughs> that might be your, yeah. That would <laughs> have been the, the first question to ask when they handed it to you. gin it was like gin and some sort of like cucumber water oh it was really really fresh it didn't even taste like alcohol interesting but right away i got a headache and then i suffered through a headache for the rest of the evening and i woke up with a headache Ugh. i don't rate Horrible. gin as a as a as shooter liquor me mm. no that's more of a, a sipper yeah it's more of a it's more of a mixer yeah okay yeah Ooh, is it a sipper or a mixer <laughs> It's Ooh. both. A sipper is a mixer. That's a mixer. <laughs> well, not necessarily because, like, scotch is a sipper, but you would never mix with scotch. Right? Oh, you don't so, want oh, yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Someone would yell at you. Do you consider yourself as somebody who's nostalgic for, 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 the, for the old days? Um, yeah, I think I am, actually. Which era? I'd say, like, early 2000s. Mmm. Yeah, early 2000s, late 90s. Early 2000s is about to come in vogue, like, just now. Like, yeah. the great 20-year cycle of fashion, yeah. 2000 is going to be all the rage. Like, 99 is already the rage right now. Like, I, like those, those those stupid uh, Fila uh, sneakers that uh, that came back around this year. I'm like, man, why, don't, why didn't you leave those in 1990-never? Like, they I love those. They came and went quickly, though. They're gone They're, already? Well, as if... At the oh, at the time, no, like when they know now, like oh. they came, they hit like so hard, but then and then they disappeared like pretty quickly. And I just heard people say why they disappeared so quickly is because girls latched onto them so much. It wasn't a dude thing as much as it was a woman thing. Right. But and it because was it was a woman thing, people were like, "Ew, it's lame." Actually, no, they're not cool. We changed our mind. Ew, what? But it was yeah. never. It was th- that particular model was never a guy model. The guy feelers were a different model altogether. Yeah, that's back it. Then. But a lot of dudes wore these, the disruptors, when they came back. Like a lot of men were as they should. Yeah, they were. They were nice. I like those. I think they look really sick on dudes. Yeah. No, I know. I almost prefer them on dudes. Yeah. I have to look them up right now. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. But now you know. I've shown them to you. What's your stance on them? I don't like them. Mike doesn't <laughs> like silly sneakers. I don't like He's boxy, a traditionalist. I don't like boxy sneakers. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I like tennis shoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, hey. You're, a, you're a trainer kind of a guy. Trainer. Yeah, yeah exactly. So all the silly sneakers Mike's not... There's a there's a there's a, a a certain brand of boxy sneaker that works, you know. Like I couldn't do the Balenciaga uh, joint with uh, with all the 
the dad shoe was, that yeah, came? Well, I, would, I wouldn't even call that a dad shoe because no self-respecting father would sport such a monstrosity. No, they went, no it, was, it was the, yeah, the... That was the the catch-all term, but certainly it got exaggerated. Yeah, see, like the like the Yeezy Wave Runner, that's a dad shoe because that's oh. patterned that's patterned after like the New Balances of the like the like the Steve Jobs New Balance, mm-hmm, right. and uh, which I think is the 990. Uh, I think it's the 990. I think it's the 990. But, and 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 sneakers of that nature, you know, stuff that you would buy uh, off the rack at Zellers, you know, next to the next to the thirty dollar Reeboks. Exactly. Mm. Wow, y'all are shoe connoisseurs. No, sneaker culture is like my least favorite aspect of fashion. Like, I like a lot of aspects of fashion. Sneaker culture, it's like, no, I don't care. I just, if you like, if you like this shoe, like, cool. Like this, this whole hierarchy that happens and stuff. Yeah. It's up to me. We'd all be barefoot. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up. On grass and fuck the cement. I just understand where the culture comes from. Uh, Bobito Garcia wrote the Bible on sneaker culture, which is a book called Where'd You Get Those? And sneaker culture comes from New York street basketball culture, first and foremost, followed closely by drug dealer culture, which is where uh, the Air Force One comes into play, the Nike Cortez comes into play. That's because the drug dealers wore them and people wanted to emulate the drug dealers. But now everyone argues that no, sneaker culture is actually like the L.A. skate kids with their vans and their fucking... Converse. Wow. That's another. That's another layer, and you are one hundred percent correct on that. The snake, the the the, the skaters, definitely. I don't uh, agree with that though. I, I think, don't agree. Yeah, I don't think either. I think are they're trying to take the sneakers? it. Sneakers? Yes, absolutely. Like DC How shoes, those are sneakers. The, the, the DCs, ES ethnies, the fat tongue, like oh, like the, the skaters. Wow. The skaters. The skaters definitely influence the whole the whole genre. Like streetwear is the is is where uh, Fat Farm and Sean John failed and. Uh, mm. And, uh, and and got picked up by the whites, you know. Yeah, that's it. But th- Wait, tell me more about that. Well, this is my opinion. This is not at all rooted in fact. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just talking. So, to you. Yeah, so <laughs> this is my theory. My theory is that uh, streetwear uh, <clears throat> started Mike? started after you had. Uh, uh, Russell Simmons and uh, Carl Knight. Why isn't that streetwear? Why are you saying streetwear started after that? Because that was not called streetwear. That was uh, th- those Uh-oh. were those were that was you know air quote urban. That wasn't streetwear. How is that not? Huh. But that is streetwear. Street no, streetwear was coined only after the skater brands like Supreme and them co- mm. came into play. Yeah, but just because the term didn't exist, wow. the, the the essence existed. We're not going to agree on. So this. you're going to give it all to white people? I'm, you're giving I'm streetwear bl- to white I'm people? I'm not giving it to white people. I'm blaming them. <laughs> I'm accusing them. I mean, of he's 100 percent right. <laughs> like streetwear at one point was like polo. It was Tommy Hilfiger. That's not like. Right. Okay, we've. I actually yeah. said that once, and you guys disagreed with me because we were talking about those brands like who's your favorite like preppy brand and I said oh like streetwear and you guys were like that's not streetwear and I was it's like it's not streetwear because oh and now you say it's not streetwear <laughs> because there's like two con- like there's two yeah, identities exactly. basically right. yeah, yeah pretty much like Grand Puba wearing Tommy Hilfiger was subversion but Tommy Hilfiger is not a streetwear brand room temperature Real what is your drink street. of choice when you were uh, imbibing. Yeah, why'd you stop also, by the way? Yeah, I stopped um, for multiple reasons. One is that um, I have, like, severe eczema. Okay. Whenever I drink, it just gets inflamed and oh. itchy and red and, like, gross. That's one reason. The second reason is that the next day is always a write-off. And I have so many things on the go, it's not really worth it. Yeah. Um... Like, I can't afford to just take one day off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> as like fucked up as that says, as that sounds. Um, no, it's the reality. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> um, capitalism. Um, but yeah, and then the last reason was that I wanted to challenge myself to, um, because I work in the nightlife, I wanted to challenge myself to be able to enjoy that kind of situation without alcohol. Is it working? It's hard as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? I feel like it's impossible. Yeah, like, I, can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. We had a, we've had a couple of uh, of sober like professed like straight edge uh, guests on the podcast and and I and I had to ask one of them was like well how do you have a good time at the function without you being know? under the influence of anything and what I've come to realize is that quite frankly I've never really wanted to party that much mm-hmm. like I need to be under the influence to make it tolerable otherwise yeah. I'm surrounded by a bunch of stinking sweaty motherfuckers that I don't necessarily want to be around yeah. the girls that I want to be around don't want to be around me <laughs> so why the fuck am I here? Well Got sad home. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, I'm just gonna go and knock a couple of back and and, uh, and and see if I don't leave with something. That's why I'm so ecstatic that I'm in a monogamous relationship because yeah. the single life is highly overrated. That's my opinion. You know, I went to I went to a show the other day with my manager and uh, we rolled up and it was definitely odd. I, it was the first time that I really realized that like. Alcohol really, um, like, lowers my anxiety. Hmm. Like, when I'm in a room full of people I don't know, oh, and, yeah. like, you know, the music is blaring, and, like, everybody's, like, looking at you, and you have to dance, and then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of anxiety around that. Yeah, well, dancing period, like, sober is weird. It's a weird feeling. It's like, yeah. what's going on here? What, what? Even just a little drunk, just to take the edge off. Mm-hmm. Like, not even drunk. Because once you're drunk, drunk, then who knows what's happening, like, what yeah. you're doing. But but I'll tell you, like, it's such a good challenge. As soon as I realized that I was overwhelmed with anxiety, I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm in the moment. There's music. It's good. People aren't really paying attention to me. Like, you know, just, like, think walking myself through the situation without alcohol without turning being like you want to get a drink (laughs) yeah because that's what i would do yeah it makes you work on your social skills that's probably you mike right you used to drink a lot to become more sociable and now you've had to just had to work on your social skills so it's actually helpful in the long run like as a human being it makes you like better to put yourself in those situations that's one way to put it i mean you're kind of like holding on to this crutch as a justifier for years on end you don't necessarily learn after all those years you just become dependent yeah yeah that's it you force it now you have to learn how to be social Mm-hmm. It's fun though, guys. It's so fun. <laughs> you guys are talking a lot of shit, but it's fun. I mean, don't get me, don't get it twisted. I mean, I, I, I still love me some brown. Like, don't, I, don't even get it. Like, don't even get me fucked up. It's just that I don't, uh, I don't, I don't go off the deep end like I used to because, right. uh, because I was living a, a sad, lonely life once upon a time, and uh, you know, the liquor was my uh, was my only friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know. Self-awareness is a, is a gift and a curse because when you're, when you're self-aware, you're highly aware of, of, of who you are and, and what you look like and the space that you occupy. Yeah. And, you know, the key to dancing is being able to shut off your self-awareness, is to be able to channel the self-awareness that makes you dance well but turn off the part where I don't care who's looking. And that's what, that's what like, I am, uh, like, the... the, the the worst stereotype—it's not a—it's not—it's not a bad stereotype by any means. But it, you know, being Latino, the stereotype that I have to dance well—I can't <laughs> dance for shit. 
not for the life of me, like not even a little bit. Is that a pressure Latinos feel? Yeah, well, oh. I, I, don't, I can't speak for the, the, the entire delegation, but as far as I'm concerned, yeah, yeah. I feel hella pressure. My yeah. partner is, is Mexican, and he's, and he's like, I don't really know how to do salsa. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> do it. Just do it. You can do it. You, I hope you. I, I hope you two uh, take some lessons. I'm trying to. I'm trying to convince my girl to take lessons because I fucking love salsa. Yeah. But I can't dance for the life of me. But I. But I have this fantasy where I. I take her on the floor and we have a moment. Then I. I hit her with the dip at the end of the song hey. and then you know what I mean. And then I. Then I. Then I take it home. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. Who do you think's the best salsaist in this room right now? That's probably me. No, I think it's me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're we gonna have a dance off. I didn't bring any salsa this time around. Did everyone say themselves? Everyone said wow. except, except for me. Rude. So it's probably me then. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. We're I think you would have said you. I don't know. I've pl- I've played salsa on this show before, and I've uh, I've I've yet to see you uh, respond in a fashion that would let me believe <laughs> it's true. It's that, true. that you got uh, you got your three four down. Fair enough. <laughs> I hear, correct me if I'm also wrong, but I heard that that's also the same in the punk scene as well. Like, the punk fashion came from black folk. Yes. Is that true? Skinheads originally were black. Right. But, like, the whole punk scene, like, in terms of, like, the fashion, like, you know, like, wearing chains and, like, wearing... I wonder, like, which city would black people have been doing that in? Like, New York, Lower East Side kids? No, like, the... The UK punk scene. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, those like the skinheads that all comes from like West Indian dress. Yeah, like oh, that's really? how people were dressing in Jamaica and shit with the suspenders and all that oh, shit. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was that called? We saw a thing on it. The way the black it was dandyism. Did they call it? I don't know. The black Jamaicans that dressed in that way oh, with yeah, the little yeah. hats yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was called the dandy, like, the thing. Dandy? I don't remember. But, yeah. a, but, the, but a dandy, that's, a, that's a, been a universal term. That's, like, from the 18th century. Yeah, that from started like, the British uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. That's but Oscar Wilde and, and all of that. I don't think it was dandy. It's, like, these, these like, the, the West Indian guys dressing yeah. that way. And so the, then the, the British, so then, what, those black people would have gone to England, and then the white English people would have seen them and started dressing like punks? based off that yeah well, I mean when punk started at the same time it was like ska music yes yeah. and so that's where they came together okay okay yeah. so they started that too well that's interesting that's but then maybe I mean they were I mean I don't know cause like yeah with the street I don't know if you just you're gonna take all those black brands outside, out of streetwear then I'm gonna say that they are the precursors to what people call streetwear today that streetwear today inspired themselves from that. Okay, but you're going to separate. I Honestly, it probably is more fair there to separate the two. Streetwear begins mm. with Stussy. Well, that's what everyone's saying, yeah. So, and, and, but, and Stussy's been around since the 80s, right? So then you have the maximal period of the 90s and the 2000s where you have you have Fat Farm, you have Sean John, you have uh, Echo Unlimited, you have Johnny Blaze, you have Nietzsche, Carl Kanai, uh, Maurice Malone. You know what I mean? Uh, Machiavelli. Wow. That's just Tupac licensing, and that's something else. (laughs) Don't get me started on that. They they hoard that man's legacy out. Yeah, that's fucked up. It's almost as bad as uh, as, uh, uh, House of Marley speakers and headphones. And the 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 keys. Yeah, the energy drinks. Energy drinks. Yeah, every time I see that in, in the IGA, I'm just like, damn. Yeah, yeah. 
Makes me sad. Do they have anything to do with it? Like the yeah. family? Yeah, they do. But just as a licensed product, they don't have anything to do with the actual. Oh, business I don't think creation. that they believe in it or anything. Okay, They're they just, just cashing the check. They just license the name. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. On behalf on behalf of the estate. Yeah, yeah the Marley estate. Yeah. So yeah. many of them though. It's a lot of bills. Right. Which is, who's your favorite <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Marley offspring? Mine's Damien. Yeah, me too. Mine is Steven mm. slash Damien. <laughs> you know it's I mean? a tie. No it's love for tie. no love for old Rohan, eh? No who's way. that? No way. He's the one that impregnated Lauren. <laughs> no, then, then he's canceled because he Aww. made he made her turn. He turned her. <laughs> he turned is it his fault? Is it his it's like? His yeah, fault. he 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 made her go sour. He he turned her. Yeah, I mean, Lauren. yeah, like she was on a certain trajectory. This guy comes in, and then it goes off. And so. then it's like boom. Yeah. Now she's two hours late to everything. Oh, I saw her once. It was horrible. Oh God, what happened? It was horrible. We were there. We were waiting for probably about an hour and a half, and then the band came on. They started playing instrumental music, maybe for like forty-five minutes, and then she finally came on. And when she came on, it was like. It was like, it was really almost disturbing. It was like a a shell of a person, almost. Like she was playing really fast and she would always turn around to her drummer and be like, like make some hand movements and like slow down, slow down, or like keep going, keep going. Or like, you know, she like put down her guitar and kind of like orchestrate her band, which was like, you know, you're on stage playing for an audience. Like you're not gonna like, at that point, like just be in the moment, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, seeing Lauren Hill perform made me realize I had some like issues with the way I was performing. Yes. Really? Yeah, like that shit. I used to do that all the time. Like, like on stage in front of an audience. Yeah, of course. You go to the jungle like faster, harder. Ah, like girl. No. Yeah. It was ridiculous watching them perform. Yeah, he was up there like his back to us, yelling at his man. <laughs> I saw Lauren Hill oh, do now. Like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> but then you see James Brown do it, and then it's just part of the record. He's just ad-libbing, and it's so hot. That's true. Everybody wants to be James Brown, but don't nobody want to be James Brown. Yeah, that's true. Holy shit. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, no, I think because I'm, I, I started my artistic life in theater, so... For me, like, when you're performing, it's like, no matter what you do, everything is that moment, and you can never, like, recreate it, right, for your audience. It's not like you're in the practice room. Like, now you're, like, creating a moment. That's only acceptable to say to white men. I'm fine with saying <laughs> that to white men. Even, and as a no, white woman... No, anybody could get it. Anybody could get it. Anybody who's ill-informed and ill-advised, I don't care, I don't care what your, what, 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 uh, what, what set you claim, what flag you wave. If you're out of pocket, you're out of pocket. Yeah, no, of course. Oh, well, anyone can say stupid shit. I mean, well, that's obviously. what I'm saying. And, and, yeah, yeah, but, of course. But not, not only can anybody say stupid shit, what I'm saying is that everybody, everybody is, uh, everybody is subject to, to, to correction. Yeah, and, and, and ignorance and, and stuff. Yeah, but, for sure. But going back to what Janet said, I'd learned this the hard way at work. Um, <laughs> stupid. So I'm uh, I'm in a, I'm in, a, in an office training and uh, in the they're, they're like okay so we're gonna play some music in the background while you while you guys work. Uh, what do you guys want to play? And some 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 smartass is like play some DMX. And it's 2019, so the, the the corporation is like okay yeah sure we'll play some DMX while you guys do 
office-related things. Uh, so uh, a party up uh, goes on, and then the, the trainer, who's a, who's a French white lady, is like, oh, I love this song, Up and Down, Up and Down. And I'm like, no, it's Up in Here. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's, so, cute. that's funny, right? Yeah. And, then, and then somebody turns to me and is like, yeah, you're like that? And I'm like, what do you mean I'm like that? Well, yeah, like she had it wrong. Better me to tell her now than to her be in a place and she'd be embarrassed Wait, about it later. Wait, someone called you out for telling her the yeah, right lyrics? Was, yes, and, and, and they were like, word, that's how you are? Like... You're not the type who's like, well, if that makes you happy, and I just kind of stopped, and I was like, wow. Okay. That's how people are in the world. That's how the real world is. The real world is that I don't care if you got scuffs on your shoes. I don't care you got some shit in your teeth. I don't care. If you're if you're happy, I'm not going to be the one responsible for taking away your happiness. And it kind of just gave me a perspective on the doors that I bump into and kind of just exactly what you were talking about, what they taught you in theater, and just being able to go with it. This might be a really controversial topic to bring up to y'all. Go for it. But this kind of, um, okay, I'm going to be real. I'm going to, this is the first time. Let's go. This is the first time I've said this in in a public situation. (laughs) Okay. The Me Too movement. I, the whole, the, the concept of automatically without question, believing someone right off the bat, um, when they say that they've been sexually assaulted. I don't know about that. You feel... Yeah, because you're worried about... about well, you, you want due process. I, I want due process, but I also... It's a... It's a... It's a... It's a... It's a fine line to tread. It's like... It's hard because... Yes, of course I want to believe. Like, of course. Like, if if you have been sexually assaulted and you know you're coming out about it like yes of course I'm, I'm there but it's hard to for me to be like the thing is people are calling out people online and canceling them and without any word or any due diligence people are just like yep okay canceled this person said you did this you're canceled your whole life is destroyed yeah I mean to me the question is always who's been canceled yes definitely Oh, oh top of the hour, top of the hour. All right, see, what we're going to do here is in this bowl, there's a bunch of pieces of paper. I'm okay. going to hand the bowl over to you. You're going to pick one out. Okay. Then Brynn's going to pick one out. Then Marcus is going to pick one out. And I'm going to pick one out. Okay. We're going to unfold it. It's going to have a question on it. You're just going to answer that question. And once you answer the question, that question is canceled. <laughs> Chris Brown's canceled. So that's a cancellation that you're like, you're down. You're, yeah, I'm pretty, you're comfortable. I'm pretty, I'm pretty down. <laughs> Michael Jackson is not canceled. I don't give a fuck. That documentary got deleted. Yeah. It's not deleted. It got canceled. Oh, no, 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 no. Just the Oprah part is, is oh. not on there anymore. We can talk about that later, but it'll be a, a Okay, mess. now what do we do when we have this? Well, you read One of question. us <laughs> answers. Yeah. You don't have to go first if you don't want to. It's up I'll to you. I'll go first. Okay. Oh, there we go. Uh-oh. You ever got, like, really stressed out? The year is 2009. <laughs> Ten years ago, I was working as a collector in a collection agency. Oh, that's quite a job. It was a really awful piece of shit job. And 
and uh, I was sitting in my cubicle, a, a beige monstrosity of a cubicle, uh, d- ill-dressed, like because you know, like offices that enforce uh, a, uh, a a dress code to a bunch of broke motherfuckers because they're getting paid twelve bucks an hour. What you see is a lot of ill-fitting shirts and slacks with really ugly shoes, right? So. Yeah. Uh, so I was surrounded by that, and uh, I was—I was also young, and I wasn't in a space where I was trying. I was kind of still kind of rebelling. I didn't know how to embrace menswear yet. And I'm sitting in this cubicle, and I get so stressed, and my scalp my scalp turns pink, and <laughs> no. my hair starts falling out. <gasps> what? I had, no. I had, I had, yeah, like, like I just elevation. saw follicles, follicles just dropping one after the other, after the other, after the other, and I was like, yo, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And so I just, I just, I just bolted. Wait, that happened in one moment. <laughs> that yeah. happened. That happened one day. One day, as I was sitting there, I have no idea what. I think my body just uh, finally let me know that I was miserable. It was like I don't know who you think you are, but you're fucking miserable, and you're so miserable. I'm gonna show you. Yeah. And as I watched three follicles fall out, I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I can't do this shit. So you have like a, a to the audience, you owe them something. Like you have to yeah. like honor and, their presence. Well, like you're you're in the this with them, you know. So yeah. it's like right now, no matter what we mistakes we make, it's just a moment. And like the thing is to say yes to every moment. Yeah. Instead of saying no. Oh yeah. Like Don't resist. Yeah, resistance creates um, negative energy in the room. That's like what they teach you in theater. So like if somebody like fucks up, you just go gotta go with it. That's so true too, and that's what Lauren's doing. She's creating like negative energy, yeah, that resisting everything. Like, and it's it's just it's true. It's an energy thing. I believe it. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. That's one of the wisest things uh, that that anybody said on the craft, and I hope I I wish they would have taught me that uh, when I was uh, in my late teens and I started getting into the the world of. uh, I took some improv classes once. Mm. I thought I was hot shit. (laughs) I'm sure you're great. It's about as good as my salsa dancing. Did you want to go into acting maybe or something? Is that why you took improv? I took the, I took the class uh, kind of like on the whim because a friend of mine was trying to get into the acting game. Okay. And uh, it, 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 it wasn't for me, but then again, we're kind of all actors. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, doing improv and being a rapper, what, like in 2006 or something, would have been like diametrically opposed. Like, right. yeah. like the mentality of what rap was at that point in time and what improv is, it's like it could yeah. not have been more different. Like, right. What you said, though, there, like, I think goes down to, like, why I was doing it, though, is because I didn't want to make it acting. You know what I mean? Mm. I wanted this to sound and feel like something before I was like I do it like I don't want to pretend that like this is what I'm offering I want it to be like no this is the best shit ever and like I have to make it the best shit ever you know what I mean and you wanted everyone to know if you didn't like it that you didn't like it you didn't want to be up there like yeah this is great yeah, yeah, and you yeah. don't you wanted everyone to know hey you motherfucker I don't like this shit either <laughs> yeah, this is terrible <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's what you were trying to do yeah it's ego though that's ego yeah no 100% yep <laughs> that's cool that like you're aware of it though and like you're able to like reflect and be like oh this is why I was doing it yeah. and this is the result of what I was doing and is that result does that result resonate with me is that something that I want to continue yeah yeah that's hard in life in general to do oh my that gosh. kind of reflection yeah it is Oof. hard 
Wow, did it continue for a little while after? Well, I mean, no, no. It was, it was, it was, it was a nerves thing. It was a stress thing. I was so stressed out at work that I started losing my hair, and I and I bolted. I got the fuck out of there, and uh, I'm glad to say that ten years later, I can tell this anecdote and laugh about it. But it was no laughing matter. It's real mm-hmm. in the field, and uh, I hope that they raise the minimum wages for people, and I hope that people uh, abolish dress codes. And as uh, people from our generation get into positions of executive power and political office and things of that nature, I hope that we bring about the progress that actually uh, uh, does away with uh, with these old uh, white male uh, rules that govern business. The dress code was inherently stressful to you? Like, that was an aspect that really bothered you? I think that it was one of several aspects. Yeah, I think was... primarily getting paid 12 bucks an hour and eating uh, and eating peanut butter sandwiches was the only thing that was doing it to me. <laughs> That's hey, the I'm, life for a lot I of people. I missed your question. What was your question? Did you ever get, like, really stressed out? Oh, okay. So you never get stressed out since 2009. You're all good. I mean, I'm heavily medicated. (laughs) (laughs) It's not getting twisted. I know too much. I've seen too much. (laughs) All right, mine says, So I just got a new pet lemur. I know, I know, it's not right. And yeah, they should be in the wild with their monkey families and everything, but it's so adorable. (laughs) What should I name my new pet lemur? I think Chuck. Mm. I like Chuck. As much as Markings always gets the really serious, introspective questions, you always get the silly, stupid questions. It's like, it's the universe. I it's mean, the bold sides. I prefer the you design. don't talk about our, like, listeners and that kind of... What, that it's a stupid question? There's yeah, no stupid yeah, question? There's no stupid questions. <laughs> Only stupid people that ask questions. So whoever asks that question is probably a fucking dummy. I just like how the bull decides who needs to answer what. The yeah. bull decided, and it's my, my questions are not serious and introspective. They're sexual and, and, and revealing. I don't they care. If, I don't care revealing. for this bull. This bull they is looking revealing. at me too right now. It's a bit much. It actually is. Hey everybody, we are the Don't Be Mad Podcast, partners of the Upford Network. My name is Matthew and I'm joined here as always with... Jason. Jamali. We cover everything from politics, sports, and pop culture. And you can catch us every Monday on all podcast platforms and you can watch our videos on YouTube. Because of Durka well, Durkistan and yeah. all of that shit, <laughs> but you know what though? Like, yeah. here's my hot take, and and, and you know to, to to play off of to riff off of the Me Too thing, like the, the era that we're in today, where it's uh, where it's polite society all over again, but it's a it's a it's a it's a like vaguely threatening one, where like you have this looming threat that women are going to attack you should you say anything negative about women, black people, queer people, uh, or, or or whatever the case may be. Is, uh, is is utterly unacceptable and where the for the longest time uh, hip-hop and uh, stand-up comedy were the two only bastions of truth-telling that remained mm. and both of them are under fire to the point where to me it, they're like I just fucking I hate this conversation because it's like literally everyone else had to deal with the chances of things coming down on them for them them saying something mm-hmm and these could be innocuous fucking things. Mm-hmm. And now a, one certain subset is going through this, and they are, like, crying like little bitches. You're saying everyone but, else had to be sensitive? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, Obama was a terrible president because he was scared he was going to be, like, shot. You know what I mean? Like, there's different realities for different people. And, like, 
just now for the first time like men and white people have to like watch themselves this isn't and about like, men and, and white people that this, is what it is it no, is what is this about it's about men and white people it, what is this about that I definitely agree. Like, I definitely agree. Like, the lens has changed. Go back to But I also think that, like, everyone deserves scrutiny. It's not just, it's not just white men. But I definitely believe that, like, for the first time in history, white men are under, are under surveillance. They're uncomfortable for the first time ever. uncomfortable. And, like, it's this huge deal. I'm tired of hearing about it. Like, I'm so tired of hearing about it. It's because everyone you else he- has had to be uncomfortable. You hear it from him. white people, but it affects everybody. That's the whole thing. It's not a white dude thing. Go back and listen to no, no, not your, white dude. Go thing. listen to it's all a, your favorite. A, like, it's a white person thing, women or man doesn't matter, and it's a dude thing. It affects any race. It will affect black people's freedom of speech the same way that it affects white comedian Only dudes. Only when black people want, black men want to talk about women or gay people. Or trans people. Like, that's when it affects black men. It's just when they want to talk about people that are... But if you listen to any of that old shit, 99% of it isn't funny anymore. And you're like, yeah. wow, this never like, should Holy have shit. been said. It never should have been funny. And the really funny shit, no one would... Like, when stuff's really funny, that remains true. When shit is really funny, no one says anything. It's you're like, like oh, shit, be... that was funny. Yeah, and it's like, it's good to make fun of yourself. I yeah. think it's good to make fun of people. But you don't have to, like, make fun of like specific targeted things you know what i mean where it comes to like race or identity or and the same regurgitated jokes the same okay like the same take the same and then she sucked my dick (laughs) you know and that's the punchline you're like No, don't get yeah. me don't get me wrong. There's definitely room for uh, for innovation and for for new shit. And yeah, like taking the cheap and easy way way out is never good. But what I'm talking about is that this is like this is a, these are these were traditionally safe spaces that have been rendered unsafe. They're not unsafe. You just get in trouble now. Like I, I don't want to hear about free speech until someone goes to fucking jail for saying nothing's something. happened to anyone. Free speech just means you say some some shit. And then, like, and people are like, I don't like that you just fucking said that. That's not cool. There are people that are, but there are people that are going to jail. No one's going to jail for speaking. Who's going to jail for speaking? Julian Assange just got, uh, just got extradited. That is not free speech. That's leaking documents. (laughs) That is free speech. But that's not speech. That's like that's hot. That's that's shit. That's that's classified by governments that. Uh, uh, influence and impacts the decisions that are, are trickled down onto us. Somebody blows the whistle and they jam him up. Yeah, but you know that Julian Assange isn't like a whistleblower anymore. He's like completely like, like gone over onto the other side and leaking documents like coercively and mm-hmm. doing ones that for certain people for certain. They did it to Edward Snowden too. Well, yeah, but he these are whistleblowers. That's a different conversation than free speech. And we can talk about, but that's different than free speech. No one is going to jail for free speech. Like here's the thing, in right? In America, you, you're 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 reducing uh, uh, hip hop and and stand up comedy as this vulgar thing. And granted, there are certainly a I bunch of low lights. No, but but that's what I'm saying. You guys are focusing on the on the vulgarity of it. What I'm focusing on is on the is on the the the, the, the nature of human creativity, which is to have that license to be able to go after anybody and everything. Indiscriminately of, 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 of whatever it is that you're going to discriminate. But I don't know what it I've means definitely to go like, after. I've definitely like watched comedy shows where people go after like, you know, brown folks, black folks, Chinese folks, and it's tasteful and it's funny. Yeah. But like, 
looking back at some of like Dave Chappelle's com- stand-up comedy like back in the day, I'm just I'm like how, how I'm like ashamed at myself for laughing so hard back in the day, you know? And then I'm like what programs were I, was I under? Mm. You know, like what when it comes to like trans folks or I don't know, it's yeah, just it's just, it's just a different funny. lens and it's like definitely not funny anymore. Yeah, I agree. I just it's not funny anymore it's, is the thing. Yeah. Like it's it's not like whether or not he should be saying it or not. He would it be funny if they were coming from a trans person? Should a trans? What, if there was a trans? I don't think Dave a trans Chappelle, person would have said. They went to those, say those particular jokes. Those jokes yeah. aren't funny. <laughs> they would have made a funny joke. Okay, maybe. But, really? But the question is this, though: it's not so much about the quality of it. It's, it's should there have been a trans Dave Chappelle, a, 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 tra- a, a truth speaker, a truth teller who, who was who was wickedly funny and vicious at, at, at any and all targets. Regardless of who it was, would it be embraced? But because uh, in in any fashion. But I I just disagree that Dave Chappelle's comments on the trans community was a truth-telling moment. It wasn't. It was stupid and not funny, and it wasn't helpful. It wasn't. It wasn't insightful. It wasn't like, guys, I'm going to tell you something that like, and we're all going to sit here and be like, shit, I never thought about that. It's like it was a bad joke. It yeah. wasn't funny. You just said some stupid shit and about people, trans yeah. people. That's yeah. it. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't mm. worth hurting people for that mm. payoff. Like. Mm. Yeah, even the scary, the scary movies, scary movies. Yeah, the scary movies that the Marlin brothers. Yeah, the scary movie have? series. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I never thought those were funny. <laughs> Going back, yeah, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I'll go. Do you like Ludacris? Oh, did you like Ludacris? Do you still? That's why. Okay, I get it. Did you like Ludacris? And do you still? That's quite a question. Because what happened to Ludacris? Like, I wonder, do you still, do you mean, do you still like his old music, right? Oh. I would assume. That's I have no idea. Mean. No, I think maybe they mean, like, does he, does he still release music? That's a good question. Maybe they're talking about his new so. shit. I don't, I think I stopped fucking with Ludacris when he cut his braids off. When he became, that's, that's when we, that's when he became Uncle Luda. And when he became Uncle Luda, it was like, oh, fuck off, dude. <laughs> some go, go get, go get some leather sandals or something. Go to the store for me. I did like Ludacris, not like crazy. I wasn't like a huge Ludacris fan, but I enjoyed him the way everyone else did. And I wouldn't really listen to his music anymore. Move, bitch. Yeah, that sounds good. No, 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 no. <laughs> the the only Ludacris song that still makes the playlist in 2019 is Southern Hospitality. Yeah, what, how does that one go again? Like, give me a minute. Okay. Throw them both. Uh, the, the throw them both, I like, exactly. I like Diamond in the Back. Mm. Uh, same. Like, Welcome to yeah. Atlanta. Mm. I like that one. Is that like a JD song, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I so like his good. verses on Sierra songs because I love Sierra. Oh, he's and got he has, some classic guests. Yeah, he does really have a classic good yeah, guest verses on that. So, so you did like Luda, and you still do. <laughs> it's not his new material. Yeah, I like him on Sierra songs. That's my that's my answer. Mm, Sierra, I love her. She's great. Yeah, she's so great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my question is: Are you into Zodiac stuff? Ooh. And my answer is a hell yes. Oh shit! Brent's <laughs> yeah. a zodiac person. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. Ah. Yeah, and funny. I'm a Capricorn. Um, in my Saturn, Neptune, um, Mercury, Pluto. That's it. Oh wow! So you did the whole chart thing and stuff. You know, you're rising and everything. Yeah. I just stick to the one sign because I'm like, I don't want to get too. My my shit muddled too much. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's just great. Yeah, I love that shit. Interesting. 
bad jokes. Like that kind where of that, humor is. Yeah, that gay guy like rapes the clown under. The, sorry. <laughs> I've never trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. Okay. Seen it. Oh, yeah, no, I was never into those movies either. So I, see, I thought that they were they, they were entertaining, but I left them there. They didn't inform uh, my my worldview. I'm not gonna uh, look. Uh, I'm not gonna think a gay guy is gonna want to rape me because I watched scary movie and they raped the clown. You know? No, but a stupid person will say that at a party. Like, don't man. I just uh, read about this uh, case. I, where is it? Man, I forget what state it's in, but this dude essentially got sentenced to death because he was gay, and the jury figured, hey, we can't send him to life in prison because he probably likes that. So they wow. sentenced him to death instead. Because they thought that prison would be a, a vacation gay, for gay him. Because gay dudes love jail. Cause because they can fuck all the time, I guess. Wow. Wow. Because so that's kinds what... She's <laughs> yeah, like, crazy. That's... There's so many things wrong with the world. Yeah. So we don't need to make jokes about them is my feeling. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. At this point, do you want to be helpful or do you want to be hurtful? And it's like... Yeah, and you always have that choice. Yeah. You always. And I think, like, comedy can be heal- healing. Like, it can it can make you look at the lighter side of things. And, like, it can also bring out, you know, the stupid side of things and make you look at that as well. But, like, I don't know. It could be done tastefully. And there's so many, like, as a woman, there's so many jokes about women that men make that are hilarious. And it's like, no one would be like, you can't make that joke. Like, it's just the bad ones, the stupid ones that you're like... That you're like, whoa. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, is that everybody's become the language police. And and now they're the joke police. And I was like, now's not the time for humor. Now's not the time to be funny. But that's the whole thing, is that there's no time more important to have comedians and people with free reign to speak on 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 the spirit of the times than in times of turmoil okay well this i feel like you were tore up a bit by the nipsey death what did you think of kodak jack kodak black's joke about lauren london did you well, think that was funny <laughs> number one it wasn't a joke that he was meant, a joke he meant that shit no he no no no, no he meant that shit well, if wait, lauren before, london before we, slit would have before we get into this did you read oh, your oh, question no i didn't let's oh. just get that done with <laughs> That it was shitty of him. Then no, we, we could we could talk about the honor code, and we could talk about you know uh, what it what it means to be a man. But you know, Kodak Ooh. Black is not in my in my radar. Never has been. Never will be. I don't have Kodak Black records on on my, on my. You know what I mean? Fuck that shit. This shit is trash. I don't fuck with it. Period. Wait, you don't like his music? I no. think he has good music. I like Kodak. I don't. I don't, I don't care think for I've him. ever heard him. But I also, I heard that there was like some sexual abuse. Yeah, that's some there's a lot of stuff there's about him that's very bad. What that. the hell? We're gonna let the court sort that out. Just like, just on some, just on some man shit. Like as a man, I'm not the kind of man that will listen to Kodak Black. I won't enjoy Kodak Black's music. Not so much because of his moral Ooh. character. I just don't fuck with it. You know, and. Uh, as far as the outrage, you mean just on a musical basis? If yeah, if, j- just on on a musical basis. If you want to add the the layers of who he is as a man, even less. Yeah, because I, I, I could I could accept stuff. that because if you're talking about a musical basis, like you haven't listened to Kodak Black, he's like I've raps. heard a couple of songs. I know I, I know Rolling Peace. as a rapper. Just yeah, just, you would respect his rapping ability. Like he can rap. Would I? No, I, trust me. Yeah, yeah, he can rap, man. Okay. I don't know how much you've heard. It's just I've I've only heard like the big singles. I haven't. Uh, I, I I don't know the deep cuts. I don't know where uh, where where and when Kodak Black has showed off on some on some rap shit. But I don't fuck with him. 
He's definitely one of the best rappers that's come out in the last like four years. I would say so. Really? I don't know, guys. Better than J. Cole? Well, I mean, J. Cole's been around for a decade now. That, that's true, yeah. Yeah. That's true. so different than J. Cole. <laughs> Very different. Very who's, different. In, uh, who's in Kodak's <laughs> class? Uh, like a Lil Uzi. See, Uzi's uh, a better rapper than Kodak. No. No, but that's what I mean. I don't oh, think you listen. I don't think if you listen to enough Kodak Black, like yeah. he's a, like he's a thinker, man. He has imaginative thoughts. Mm-hmm. He's not like generic. Lil Uzi's generic as shit. Like mm. Kodak, he thinks about things. Mm. Like smashing Lauren London in a year. <laughs> he's he, he There's nothing really wrong with him. I mean, for yeah, a he's got bevy of reasons. No. Yeah, he has real problems. I mean, he grew up in horrible circumstances and as a particular person, and it's just it's a reflection of... I can't be mad at a young Haitian uh, uh, man to uh, uh, make it out of his circumstances and, and make a life for himself, but uh, yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> The sexual assault stuff is very troubling and a few instances now, and so it's very, very, oh, very, very troubling. Well, and that's the other thing is that people are so full of shit. Like they'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, claim loud and proud to cancel everybody on on social and signify everything to be to be recognized as being in the know and, uh, and a soldier in the struggle. But then they'll they'll want to be able to listen to their Kodak Black at home, and, and, and you know you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, but I'm sure you do that with a bunch of artists. R. Uh, Kelly. See, uh, we had we had the R. Kelly talk, and uh, and I could objectively say that the aura is uh, uh, a musical mastermind, but I cannot and will not ever fuck with R. Kelly. Uh, yeah, this is my podcast. This is, these are just things I wrote down. We don't got to talk about them. They're just okay. thoughts I've had over the last week. Okay. Uh, first, I thought about it. My top five producers of all time in no particular order. It's Isaac Hayes, John Bryan, Timbo, Jeff Barrows from Portishead, and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. As one single unit. As, as Those a person. Are yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis as a person. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Wow. That's a great list. I fucking love Portishead. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan. Mm. Uh, Burton, uh, I cut all those episodes this week. Did you notice that Markin called you? He calls you Brit, I which did. I know you hate. <laughs> and that made me think, Markings. I never asked. Should I be crediting you as Markings? Do you want to be Mario? See, I kind of thought about that because you have been listing me as just Markings, which and and everybody else has their government name up, and you know I've I've kind of grown out of the the artist handle thing. Like I introduce myself to to women as Mario. And You're I, Mario. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm I'm, I'm Mario, but you know uh, you know, and I I certainly wouldn't want to be seen as the kind of guy who thinks he's fucking Rihanna or Madonna or like you know just a one name kind of guy. But you know what? Let it rock. Just 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 keep going with Markings. Okay. Shit. All right, this one, uh, I don't know when I wrote it down. I didn't realize how confusing it is, but the goat animal is alpaca. What does that mean? The greatest of all time animal is the alpaca, which Mm. they're like fucking adorable. And uh, uh, you ever go online and listen to music you did a long time ago and get embarrassed? Oh my gosh. Never. Never happens to me. <laughs> you liar. Wow. No, it never happens. You were mad That's about your dope. MySpace music still being up. That's not online anymore, so. Okay, yeah, but I'm, I'm safe now. 
the servers crashed, everything yeah. was lost. Yeah, yeah. I had just the MySpace shit, but that's gone. Now. And that embarrassed you. Oh, yeah, no that way. was terrible. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was it, there, was a, there was a big crash, and everything that was uploaded on the site from 2003 onward was lost. Wow. Bye. How far back does your music online go? Well, if if MySpace is gone, then... Oh, so you had music up on MySpace even? Yeah, okay, yeah. so. Um, I think 2015, 2015? Yeah, 2015. For my if solo project. If you only be a performer or only be a DJ, which would you choose? Performer. Okay, that's more, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And DJing has become like this kind of peripheral thing now with now that it's become so easy to pick up it used to be this really intimidating thing like heaven forbid that you go up to 1200 you don't know how to calibrate the tone arm shut the no. fuck up and don't you touch my shit yeah. but now with uh with with controllers and and, and serato just kind of simplifying everything bpms being readily available it's just so easy to pick up and you'll be doing yourself do a, and the bookings are just everywhere compared to being a performer it's hard to be, get booked unless you, you oh my god 100 percent like almost every bar has a dj yeah exactly. on a saturday and a friday exactly. and they're exactly. always looking yeah, and unless you, your music has some sort of traction, it's really hard to give to get people to give you a chance. But they'll give you a chance if you know how to string a couple of tunes together and, and, and set the vibes, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and also with like performing and stuff, it's really about who you know. Mm. It's not even about how good you are, really. Mm. It was one thing I'm learning about this business is like, it's how many connections do you have? Oh yeah, networking Can- is yeah. everything. Oh my gosh. It only matters. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's ridiculous. Like... Anyway, yeah. The name of the game is nepotism, and what's beautiful about this game is that you could play it too. So, <laughs> it's true. So, in the sense that you can put on your own thing, and you're going to put on your own people, and you're going to make sure that whoever you put on, they have it understood. Like, yo, you're supposed to put people on too. You know, yeah. if that's how you want to rock. Now, if you want to be a dictator about it, you know, you could go ahead and, and do that too. I'm with that. I'm I'm all about empowering the artists. I'm all about empowering people. That's why I I, I, I bang hard on this yeah. on this freedom of speech shit. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, human beings are so... It's so easy to focus on, like, the negative thing. Yeah. Yeah, we do tend to do that. I tend to do that for sure. Well, that's, that's why the world's in a state of shit right now. Well, we're being fed all this fear-based, like, yeah. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Fake news! <laughs> but, yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That was it's a really nice song. That one? Yeah, I like that song. Who is it? The Manhattans. Mm. Oh. I've got a suggestion for the next one if you want. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, for the Love by the Isley Brothers. Ah, right. speaking our language. So that's like your kind of vibe, right? And you said even DJing, like you'll you'll go into that territory. Um, Mike, what do you mean, Mike? Like kind of this, vibe? like kind of soul. Oh 70s yeah. Seventies stuff. Yeah, I love that stuff. Mm. Yeah, like I definitely love that stuff. Like chill like cocktail lounge music <laughs> yeah yeah i would definitely vibe with that but also that 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 bouncy uh that bouncy disco funk mm-hmm. uh stuff that that, he, that that started in that era and evolved into the the stuff from the early 80s before, oh, yeah. before the machines took over the years yeah. 73 to 79 are fucking glorious musically speaking why i'm like so confused like I'm torn about Spotify, about yeah. having my music on Spotify. I mean, you got to do what you got to do for yourself. But definitely, as a as an artist, it's it's essential to to own, to be an owner, 
I, I see. I saw that Dame Dash uh, launched his own uh, his own platform for like video content and, and shit like that. I fucking love it. I want to see more people do what Dame Dash did. The thing for with themselves. Spotify though is like it's almost like you want to unionize. It's like you want all the artists to go on there. You want to become essential to the platform. Then you want to then you want to unionize. You want to say, okay, we're all gonna leave your fucking platform unless you change your policies and you bring up. So there's ownership, and then there's like, and then there's power to the people, like proletariat shit. It's like if you if you all get gathered together, use the platform, and then say, okay, now we're gonna leave the platform unless then that's power in and of itself. So it's like there's both ways you can go about it. Powers in the numbers. Yeah, powers in the numbers. So, but if you avoid the platform, then they 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 don't need you in the same way. But so I mean, Spotify has to be careful. Like if if artists actually did get together and then what does Spotify have if all the artists I think that's what they tried leave. to do with Tidal right they tried yeah, to, they tried to make and it Tidal an artist pays way triple what Spotify pays oh my god yeah Tidal's yeah. payments are actually like even Apple pays more but yeah. Tidal pulls ahead by a large oh, percentage how much they pay their artists yeah it's ridiculous like my friend um, has uh, one million streams and he made two thousand dollars um and half of that went to his label and then the other half of that went to the producer so at the end of one million streams he had five hundred dollars woof yeah no that's it that's the tough you like being on a label and using these platforms is extra risky i mean the whole point of these platforms it's like you put your own shit up and then you at least get all the profits but when you're on a label and you're putting your shit that by the time you see the end product it's like imagine like People have listened to your song a million times, and you're only making $2,000. Yeah, that's it. It's like, what are we talking about? But that's because you don't own the channels of distribution. And, uh, and so you're yeah. dependent you're dependent on these on these platforms you become platform dependent you know the great IG crash of 2019 should have taught every every it artist and every like 16 hours yes <laughs> and it, great. yeah but that's what it is that's what it boils down to like it, it should serve as a reminder to, to, to every artist and entrepreneur like do not be platform dependent be an owner and not own yeah but this, this like goes beyond that this is the climate like people listen to music streaming yeah that's it I mean where are you going to put your you're going to put on your own website and it's just they can't stream it they're not going to listen to it like that is the medium that they use that's very true and it's like very um, convenient to like have all your the artists that you like in one place and you don't have to have it on your phone like as data yeah taking up storage and I mean people like to get haughty about this internet shit but it's like if you just put in a real world context it's like uh, St. Lawrence Street being the place to go and then you're like I want to open a store and you're like I'm going to open it on St. Lawrence Street because that's where all the people are you're not like platform dependent you're not being a sellout you're not being like oh I'm just a sheep you're like I'm making a smart business move because if I put my store in Villemar I'm not going to get any foot traffic so it's like you also have to it's not you're not necessarily being a sheep by by working in the constraints of the reality in which you exist. Well, no, I don't of. think it's a matter of being a sheep. Go ahead, man. You going to say something? No, 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 no. I don't think it's a matter of being a sheep. I just think it's a matter of levels, right? Like, if, you're, if your aspiration is to be uh, available where, where, where everybody else is and, uh, and, and playing that game, then so be it. But, you know, the same way that uh, people actively go and seek out new neighborhoods to start something else because St. Lawrence is overcrowded and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and culturally devoid of any any value uh same sh- same should go with no, the artist the artist, the artist should be able to to create a space and and 
and, and have and, and own the central location, you ultimately just use these platforms to redirect traffic. That's the whole point. It's because you know that this is where people are dwelling, but ultimately you want to drive people. Yeah. You want to have the vehicle to take them to the destination. That's very true. And it's all but it's always a risk when you leave when when you're making those decisions. Um mm. let's take it back to seventy nine. And uh, off the streaming platforms, this is a game called The Secret Lives of Wax. So I'm going to hand each of you a record. This, this record is going to have some writing on it somehow. We're going to read the writing, and uh, you come up with a fictitious scenario as to where this record possibly was once upon a time to have this writing on it. Okay, cool. This is something we're working on, so... Okay. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> If you want to play the record, also we could. Uh, there's yeah, a, there's, don't a, there's wanna, a player. What's what's the on. best one out of these? What do we got? I got James Brown. You got? I got uh, Lo Mejor de Los Angeles Negros. Okay. Mm. I got Linda Clifford. What's the name Linda of the album? Clifford. I'm yours. Mm. Do you know Linda Clifford? No. Linda Clifford is uh, one of the uh, one of those seventies disco queens, kind of like uh, Evelyn Champagne King. Oh yeah, girls, yeah, yeah. Okay. Isaac Hayes. Oh, is Isaac on that one? Yeah, he produced it. Ah, oh, sick. Oh, yeah. There you, there you ho, there you have it. Right right. There. I'm not a there big fan ho. of his disco years, but we'll see. Okay, okay. Britt, which record did you get? Oh, wait. I just sat down. Even, okay, how does this feel? There's so many words on it. It's like, is this Italian? Mine doesn't say anything on it. Gigi Lamoroso y Venet avoir 18 ans la femme. That's uh, those are the song titles. Oh, see, so I think that the album the album title is at the bottom there. What does that say? In V. What is that word? Dalida. Dalida. That's Dalida. the name of the singer. Do you know Dalida? No. Dalida is a tragic French singer. She's of <gasps> Egyptian and Italian uh, descendants. Uh, she committed suicide, if I'm not mistaken. She has this powerful, powerful voice. She's an amazing wow. singer. Um, and she was like just a troubled woman. Uh, yeah, she had a very uh, unfortunate, tumultuous life. Okay, I'll, I'll start with mine. So, Los Angeles, lo mejor de Los Angeles Negros. Now oh, you got it. Awesome. Uh, on the on the uh, on the sleeve here, I have Gladys and Jaime, who uh, who signed this record. So, who are Gladys and Jaime? Los Angeles Negros are a Chilean band. I got this record in Toronto at uh, Cosmos. Uh, so I would say that Gladys and Jaime are a couple of Salvadorians that live in Toronto and uh, probably got high and fucked to a bunch of Los Angeles Negros. <laughs> Gladys? Could be a Latino name? Gladys 100%. is like so white to me, like white British. I have a, I have an aunt Gladys. Okay, there you oh, go. Wow. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Gladys. Mm, that's better than Gladys. That's, yeah, that's way better than Gladys. <laughs> yeah. Tia Gladys. Tia that's Gladys. 100% better. <laughs> <laughs>
we need to record a new ad for Up for Discussion. What should we tell people? Tell them we're an emotionally honest comedy podcast. Great! What does that mean? It means we're not afraid to get vulnerable, explore the human side of comedy, and try to become better people along the way. And we make poop jokes. So many poop jokes. With tons of awesome guests like Hank Green, Carrie Poppy, and Cecil Baldwin. Yeah, and poop jokes. The Up for Discussion podcast, available on the Upford Network and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Are you from Montreal? You're not, right? I'm from Vancouver. Oh, when did you move here? 2015, July 13th. Oh, so you're on your f- you're almost four years now. Yeah, I'm do you intend four to stay for a while? Um, I'm not sure. What was the impetus to leave beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and come to bum-ass Montreal, <laughs> Quebec, Canada? Vancouver is very conservative. It's mm. more conservative than I think folks on the East Coast think. Mm. Like, um, there's barely any funding or at least when i was there there was like barely any funding for the arts a lot of venues were closing down um it's like very corporate right very yeah very very corporate um the price of living is just astronomically high um and it's really beautiful but it rains a lot like all all winter it's just rain and because it doesn't get to those like lower temperatures where it's like biting you but like the sun is out it's like rain and it's like it gets into your bones oh, yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. almost colder yeah yeah and it's always gray you don't get vitamin d it's, i don't know it's not it's not a very cool city it's like mm. the 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 nickname is pretty true like no fun city it's pretty real is that the wow. hmm? no fun city no i've never city. heard that before it's either no fun city and uh there's two. There's No Fun City and there's Rain City. Wow. Mm, those are two. Yeah, those are I'd bad. never heard of either of those. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was always one nickname, and it was Vansterdam. I've uh. never heard that one. <laughs> cool. Because they do all the dope there, because their skid row is, is, is legendary for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah I heard that was rough. Hey, yeah. if a place has a million nicknames, does that mean it really just doesn't have a nickname? Interesting. Yeah, because no one's actually decided on yeah. one. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm just really happy that Real City never stuck. Yeah, Thank we have, God. We only Real have City? bad ones, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only have bad ones. That's how I know that you only got here in 2015. <laughs> I have a question. Montreal Steak... Seasoning. Spice. Yeah, 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 spice. I just found out about this yesterday. Is that like from here or is that originated here? I have, no, I have here? no idea. What is that? It's is like that? a thing. Yeah, but where does it come from? It's from the know. smoked meat culture, if I'm not mistaken. Like they is want it? that they want that seasoning. They want But that's the, not the kind of seasoning they use. It's not. No, it's a steak thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like a big steakhouse out in like LaSalle, but I might be being like like a beef tech or something maybe? Oh. No, th- no, that's the bar. There was one out in LaSalle. Whoa, what do you mean? Well, because we, there's a lot of steakhouses in Montreal. It's like a thing. Because it's like a bistro French culture. So that kind of turned into a steakhouse culture. Okay. okay. I think that's why like, there's a steakness here. Well, and there's steak frites, right? Mm. The French thing okay. that's here. So there's a lot of steak eating that happens. Huh. Interesting. Anyways, I thought that was... But I don't know. It's just like the steak spice is just like pepper, isn't it? And like pretty much, and like dried garlic or something. There's something garlicky about it. 
It's really good. Is it good? You enjoy, you like you vouch? Oh my god! <laughs> yesterday oh, okay. that shot that I had. That's why I moved here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this whole thing happened because yesterday I had a shot, and on top of it was a cucumber, and they put this. The, so- the spice on it. That's okay, probably what yeah, gave you a yeah. headache. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. That's what it was. Okay, I'm going next. All right, go for it. Mia just says CKSM. CKSM. Which is a radio station. Probably right? a radio station. Right? So what kind of radio station is CKSM, do you think? I don't know if they're playing this. They're... Let's look them up on the internet. Who is CKSM? But couldn't there be many CKSMs? Maybe they are. Maybe they are. It sounds like one of those, like... Classic one. Yeah. Playing the best in top 40 in R&B. It's not that one. It can't be. This is not the top, the best. Uh, CKSM is actually an AM radio station in Canada. That sounds about right. On the Wikipedia, on French Wiki, it was, uh, it was, uh, radio... CKSM is a station of radio Québécoise situated in Shawinigan, appartenant to Astral Media. La station diffusait sur la fréquence AM de 1220 kHz avec une puissance apparente rayonnée de 10 000 watts le jour et de 2500 watts la nuit. So they, they'd run 10,000 10, watts in a day, 2500 watts at night. Fascinating. Are they still going? Uh, it's, it, it's, it was past 10, so I'm assuming that they shut that down. Oh, yeah. Well, they were playing this kind of sad music, so... It may have been just too oh, you sad. Would, this yeah. is right up your alley with uh, with your uh, with my yeah, sad cat with your sa- with your with your sad cat powers emo girl shit totally. Okay, I'm gonna look her up. I'm gonna look her up. Yeah, Gigi. yeah. You would you would murk a bottle of wine to this and feel the tragedy. For oh. Sure. Oh. Egyptian and Italian. Like you can see the two mixes mm. in her. Wow. That's sad. I'm sad that she killed herself. That's unfortunate. She's she's yeah. Tr- it's a tragic tragic story. Did you uh, did you find uh, did you find anything on like yours? I did, yeah. Mine says um, Michel Perrier, I think. Michel Perrier. What? It, how? How did? What does it look like? Is I it handwritten? I think it's Michel, or is it Mich- Michel? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm terrible at French. Let, let me see. It's is not it, handwritten. It looks like it's a stamp. It's a stamp. So I'm gonna say that um, Michel Perrier was a a very um, uptight. Um, bookstore owner because mm, like who has stamps right you know like. <laughs> yeah but he he also um, had this like he was really like shy and timid and stuff but then he also had this alter ego um, called MP who would like dress and drag and had like this back room where it was like a disco room and wow. like all his like queer friends would come and he would put on these records and dance and have throw parties. He would totally vogue to this Linda Clifford <laughs> record. He would walk to he would walk the shit out of this yeah, record he for would. sure. Mm-hmm. Michel Perrier, rich motherfucker with his own stamp. You know what I'm saying? Nervous guy. Like, how do you think he's rich because he has a stamp of his name? Like, it's like well, who, a five dollar. Who does that? What kind of like what kind Michel. of expendable income? Michel do you have? does that. Yeah, Michel Billy does. Only rich people. Have only stamps. rich people have their, their own stamps. <laughs> Unfortunately, mine. We hit a monkey wrench. Uh, it says Lily Days on it, and I know Lily Days. What do you mean you know? Lily Days, he's like a gigging drummer around town. Around this town? Yeah, yeah, he's been around since like the 50s, and sometimes if you're okay, on Crescent Street, right? you find him drunk, he'll tell you about the time he played on King Heroin on this James Brown record. So. Wow. No way. Uh, 
you like Montreal though now that you're here? Like you're you're down? I love it, yeah. yeah. I love the culture, like the the art um, culture and community is like really alive and like vibrant here. Yeah. Like I can actually feel the energy of people coming together and like, you know, creating whereas I felt like it was very hollow in Vancouver. That's such a big thing, though, to move across the country. Like, that's, like, scary. Mm -hmm. Did you know anyone here? Or you were, like, starting over? I knew some people kind of, like, through... Because I went to jazz school, and some people who had graduated the year before had moved here. I wasn't, like, friends with them, but, like, I knew of them. And, like, when I got here, they gave me a really warm welcome. Oh, okay. And so, like, we became friends. But, like, other than that, no, I didn't really know many people uh... here. I like choices like that in life. It's like you're really, like, trying to live, you know? Like, you're really trying to, like, make the best of this thing. Like, because most people just stay where they're at and they complain and stuff. And so it's a big thing to, like, decide, no, fuck it. You never know until you try, right? I mean, I tried to live in Toronto for six months and that didn't work out. You didn't like that? No, I didn't really make any friends. And um, it was a pretty cold city, to be honest. Mm. But maybe that's just because I didn't have any connections there. Was that like three years ago before you came here? You started, you went there first? That was in 2011. Oh, that was way before. Yeah, that was way before. And then I moved back to Vancouver and I went to jazz school. And then when I graduated jazz school is when I came back. I came to Montreal. What was your instrument? I'm composition. Composition. So piano? I guess, yeah, piano. Piano would be the, the, the foundation of it, right? I guess as a composer. Yeah, but I studied, um, like, um, alternative, like, composition. So, like, a lot of, um, like, computer programming and stuff like that. Okay. And uh, I did arranging for, like, big bands. But, like, nope. Who's, I don't, I'm not going to use that. Is there somebody <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> Is there somebody in your studies that you uh, that you actively emulated or that you you kind of like put up as your point of reference? Like, what do you mean? Like, like what would Miles do? Or uh, oh, um, I definitely looked at. Um, hmm, that's a good question. I really enjoy uh, James Blake's production style mm. and uh, Brian Eno. Yeah, no, I didn't really go into, like, uh, I studied jazz, but I didn't go into, like, I didn't have any, like, jazz idols, really, because, like, the stuff that I do is, like, more modern, I guess. Yeah, you You never, like, latched on to anyone. You didn't feel, like, an affinity or anything. No, I wasn't, like, wow, Charlie Parker, like, yeah. Mm. Maybe you don't like jazz that much. I do love jazz. Okay. Yeah, I love jazz. But, yeah, there wasn't, like, a composer where I was like, wow, I really love their style. I don't know why, actually. Yeah. That's interesting. You can't, it's interesting that you could proclaim to love jazz, but you kind you don't have that, you know what I mean, that, uh, that, 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 that go-to. Yeah, no. I mean, I really love, um, I listen to a lot of that music. But I was never, like... Um, Maybe, like, you're not inspired. Like, you don't want to do it. Like, I wouldn't want to yeah, do it. Yeah, so, so it's different. Like, yeah. you can't have that same... If you don't want to do it, then yeah, it you can respect it. Exactly. I respect it, and I listen to it a lot. Mm-hmm. But you're not, like, inspired I, in the same way. Yeah, it doesn't, like, um, come through in my music. Mm-hmm. That's it. Versus, like, those other people you mentioned. Like, yeah. the, that's more something that you would take. And, yeah, like, exactly. Eat. And maybe it does come through in my music in different ways. I don't know. People say that I remind them of Erica Badu, and I feel like Erica Badu is pretty jazzy. 
Yeah, sometimes we don't know ourselves as well. Like, sometimes people give you feedback, and you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Never, sort of. yeah. Like, like India Ari. I don't think I sound like India Ari at all, but I get that all the time. But do you think that sometimes it's just, like, racist white people saying stuff <laughs> like <laughs> You know what? Maybe that's true. <laughs> Sometimes you have to like, yeah, you have to filter through the feedback and you're like, oh, you just don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay, okay. cool. <laughs> wow, you really sound like Indiari. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Are you Jamaican? <laughs> exactly. Like. I don't expect any white people to know who India Ari was. Only people in the know would understand that what? India Ari. She, no, was like she had the like an Oprah moment. Man. Yeah, yeah, she, she was, was like Oprah. She was Oprah. She was huge. She was like white people's like, <laughs> yeah. like gateway to black music wow. for a lot of people. Yeah. That's so very she was true. like she was like Lilith Fair approved. Yes, exactly. She was like she had the rubber stamp for white I people. See, they I were see, like, I okay, see. this is safe. She had a Michelle Perrier stamp. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. She spent that five dollars when she started making money, and she was like, you know what? I'm going to blow it on the stamp. (laughs) I'm going to ball out. I'm going to get the stamp. All right, for this next portion, I want you to reach over your shoulder there. There's a bag. Oh, close. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Uh, We're going to have you draw a self-portrait. Okay. That's it. There's nothing more to it. That's it. You literally just draw. A self-portrait? Yep. There's a variety of crayons in there. A nice big piece of paper. I'm not. I'm very bad at drawing. That's okay. That's it's, it's self-expression. Is the yeah, exactly. All right, sick. Uh, <laughs> just try to make it the entire size of the paper. Okay. You oh wow! Even, you should hand it to her with the the fresh page. Uh-oh. She has to do all the work, but that's okay. This is cool. I mean, you can handle it. <laughs> I know. I don't know I if am I closer. can. Oh, oh, you got it in you. You're an artist. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to save paper and do it on the other side or no? No, no, no. no? Definitely okay. not. Cool. No, they're, 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 they're to Fluff be individually paper. framed. <laughs> Can't have two people on the same piece of paper. Oh, I see, I see, I see. This page ain't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> Never. The great thing about going on rap hiatus is that the moment that I gave up pursuing rap is the moment that I really fell in love with music. Again, or for the first time? Like, for real this time. Like, I think that I was fronting when I was, when I had those pretensions, and then I kind of give it up, and I was like, oh, well, as it turns out, I just really fucking love music. I think it's fucking awesome. Music How many rules. people making music do you think really love music? Ooh, that's a good question. Do you have uh-huh. a sharpener? I'm going to say the over-under so, is... Eh? Uh, it's three to one. I think that for every three... I got a combat knife if you want to. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't <laughs> See, I just believe anything you say. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. God damn it. <laughs> so you think for three people, for one loves it? For every three artists, only one actually loves it. I'd say less. Yeah? Less, less. Yeah. I agree. And then there's the people who, who, as you're doing it, you start hating it. That's its own thing. Ooh. Yeah. That's different. For I think sure. that's half of the people that love it yeah. end up hating it. And the people that are in jazz school. <laughs> they hate it, you mean? Yeah. Do you think they ever loved it? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I think that um, 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 anything that's, like, creative and free and flowing and you put it into the box of, like, the school system, mm-hmm. it can it, you can just start to hate anything. Exactly. That's that, it. You know? Like, it's just, like... How do you how do you grade something that's subjective? That was the hardest part for me. It's like 
here's my composition, and it's like a bunch of noise, and then at the end, like, the, you know, it's really up to that teacher to be like, this is great, or to be like, this sucks, but it's all his own opinion. Interesting. Do you feel like all the, like, when you're around other artists, do you feel like you know more than them, and you're like, you try not to, like, be, like, condescending, but you're like, versus... Mm. Quite the opposite, actually. Really? Why? Yeah. Um, I don't know, like... Jazz school was like a flat, like a blink of my eye. It felt like it just flew by. And I think that half of the things that I learned, I didn't retain because I don't arrange for big bands, you know? <laughs> like, I don't arrange a 16-piece orchestra. Like, that stuff goes in and out of your head if you're not using it. Okay, so yeah. you feel versus people who've been creating on the ground, maybe actually acquired more knowledge. Probably, or even people that probably ta taught themselves Yeah, have probably more knowledge than I did after, like, you know, two years of university. Oh, okay. So you don't get like haughty about it. Like I actually went to school for this, guys. No, unless like, unless it's like some person that's like pompous and they're like, "Oh, this XLR is great," and I'm like, "That's a pencil." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so unless someone's trying to condescend to you, then yeah. you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna pull this out." And I'm like, "That no, dude. Like, you don't know what you're talking about." Okay, yeah. Okay, but so you, you only use your powers for good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You don't think you'd, like, ever arrange, like, a string section or something for your music? Yeah, I would do that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I would do that. That's true. And it does help. And it does help in certain aspects. I am, like, I think before I went to school, I was more by the ear. Like, it would, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that um, I have relative pitch, so I just knew that it sounded good. But, um... When I went to school for music, I could be like, oh, it sounded good because it's the sub five of this chord or something. You know what I mean? Okay, like, oh, yeah. like I could go back and be like, and it changes the way that I write thus far, like further, like from like now on, onwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on and onwards. Yeah. It changes the way I write now because now I'm like looking at it through the lens of theory. But it's kind of like a rule that you have to break. It's like you learn that shit so that you can forget it. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, kind of break those rules. Well, that's always the best, I think, is to know and then... It, there, most people want to break the rules without even knowing them, but yeah. they just want to do it because they don't want to learn the rules in the first place. Like, it's right. just... It's like, you should always know how to draw and then become an abstract, like, artist. Right. You never want to go straight into, like, abstract. It's... Right. Uh, another thing, uh, another thing three? is that he put three X's next to Honky Tonk Part One, so this was probably his jam. That was the good one. Uh, shit, he, yeah, he, he probably well, played drums on Honky Tonk Part One. He is a honky too. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He is, oh, he's, he's of a course. white guy. Yeah, he's an Irish guy. Lily Days. Yeah. Oh. And of course, James Brown is especially known for his white drummers. It's, I don't know if <laughs> what's true and what's not. <laughs> it's not, not true. He's not. He's not. <laughs> Oh my he's known. He's known for Clyde Stubblefeld. Clyde Stubblefeld is very black. He had like a full black band. I'm assuming James Brown. I mean, I don't know what the ethnic makeup of it is. I just know that Clyde Stubblefeld is the most sampled drummer in the history of all time. Oh wow! I like the name Lily Days. Yeah, it's good. Is it an L? It kind of looks like <laughs> a G. It's like Gills Days. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, like as a kid, shoe? I didn't do like enough shoe? like graffiti scrawling, so I can't ever read anything like that. 
Unless it's block letters. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> you no didn't do idea. cursive as a kid? No, no. It's etched into my brain forever. Yeah. I was good at cursive. I did cursive in first grade, and it was so good that the teacher brought me to the principal's oh, office God. to show them my cursive. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's how good my cursive See, there <laughs> we like, go. Cursive you can imagine award. a little Britain what that meant to me. Yeah. Like, I died. It was like... Did wow. they send you to the calligraphy championships in Japan? <laughs> Is that a real thing? See, now <laughs> I, I don't know what's real what's true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was really good, my cursive. And that that's, like, that's etched in my brain, that moment wow. of going to see the principal with my, my offering. <laughs> That'd be great, though, like kind of like a calligraphy spelling bee where like the best and brightest calligraphers <laughs> got down. That's definitely yeah. a thing in, like, Japan where they take calligraphy, like, crazy seriously. Like, there have to be, like, championships. Yeah. Of course. There have to be. It's an art. It is an art, That's too. The Japanese would get a load of my handwriting, and they would <laughs> lock me in the loony bin. It's all janky. Like, get this guy a football helmet. <laughs> this is gibberish. Mike's is pretty bad, too. It's, it's terrible. He terrible. Look, it looks like an eight-year-old boy. Oh, it. fun. Yeah, yeah. I come from, like, a long line of people who can't write. <laughs> Nice. You know what I mean? Same. But you write music. Yeah, but not on paper. At one point, I was able to read and write music. I, I was very lucky in uh, my first years of high school. Uh, I was uh, part of a band, and I played tenor saxophone, and they taught me like those those musical rudiments. They taught you al- al- alto clef? Uh, I played tenor. Oh. Uh, but, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> You were about to say something. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you when you think Rihanna's going to come back with her next hit. Her next hit or her her next music project? Her next music project. So you already know it's a hit. (laughs) (laughs) Obs. Um... When is she going to drop it? She's so strategic nowadays because of all of her like different business things happening. Oh, last words. Oh, I think she's going to come in like six months maybe about you. Yeah. yeah. About that? Yeah. Are you excited? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know if she's going to come back with music. She is. She already said she is. She is? Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, she's coming back. She has, I wonder if it's going to be that reggae album she's been talking about though. I doubt it will be. A no. reggae album. No That's way. what she said for a long time. She was saying it was a reggae album, but oh, I don't man. think so. I hope she, she she gets Jeremy Harding and Willie Lindo in the studio. This is going to be a very disturbing photo. Is it now? <laughs> we like disturbing. Has anyone watched anyone uh, Guava Island, the <gasps> Rihanna, Rihanna. Childish Campino? It came out a I couple, just watched it. Okay, that's ago, it. Yeah. Well, it just came out like yesterday, no? It just came out yesterday? Yeah. I just watched it yesterday. I think that's why. <laughs> no, I literally just was like, oh, I wonder what's on Prime. And then I went on Prime and, and it, it was, was right there. there. Yeah. yeah it and out it out came like out yesterday? Two, like two days or ago. Or two days ago. Yeah, like two days ago. That is not a coincidence. No, you were meant to see Guava Island. <laughs> <laughs> the energies. It's terrible, guys. The movie? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it wasn't... I haven't seen it yet. It was, like, entertaining and, like, pretty, and Rihanna's really pretty. (laughs) It's dumb. It was like a film school Yeah, it was like somebody's kid made it. (laughs) Yeah, straight up. (laughs) But I really liked the message. Yeah, I mean, I The message was cool. But the message wasn't enough. Like, it wasn't wasn't worth... Like, what happened to him, the outcome, the, the, the payoff, like... 
no. that wasn't enough a not day enough. off of work it's like, it's like no. we got our day <laughs> yeah, like, we still got our day and it's she was like, like happy and like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> as if her like partner and baby daddy didn't just die it's like you're not taking all of the things in you yeah. know like you're it's you're crazy. so but i'll watch a lot of things with rihanna and i don't think even she's that good of an actress but i'll watch it Yep. All right, so last words came around. Anyone have any last words? Live your life to the fullest and always believe in yourself. Always. Those are important ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to piggyback off that. Always believe in yourself. I like that. Mm -hmm. And also, remember, some birds can swim and some fish can fly. And where there are valleys... There must always be hills. Oh, damn. The end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Are we all just picking backing off of what Janet <laughs> said? I'm sorted. Um, can I also say something? Yeah, no, please. Take mine this time. My, um, my name is actually pronounced Jeanette. Jeanette, thank you. <laughs> that's okay. I wasn't sure. That's I okay. figured. I should always <laughs> correct people, right? Like Instead just off of, like, rip, exactly. Them Unless you're like my coworkers and you're like, oh well, you know, just if you're happy like that, then yeah, no, no, don't be like I don't my coworkers. Think that's cool. It, it's not cool it's not at all. It's not doing anyone any it's service. It's not doing anything for anybody. Yeah. It, I think it's terrible. I think it's awful that the human condition has gotten to where we just want to all take the path of least resistance. Hey, Markings, uh, before we get out of here, since now you know her name, can you say it in six different styles so I could chop it in? Every time you say the wrong one. <laughs> Jeanette. 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 Yeah, that's Jeanette. Yeah, that's pretty good. That ran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we covered that. Yay. Sorry about that. That's okay. It's See, a thing that's worth that an apology. Don't apologize for singing, but I should definitely apologize for fucking up your name. Well, it's a thing that happens, I think, because of the French like pronuncia- pronunciation. It's like... That is why... Janet yeah. is more common here. Mm. What were you going to say? Yeah, what are your final thoughts? I was going to make it up, but I stopped. I stopped making it up, so. Escobar season has returned. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh... Don't you feel a lot of pressure now? I'd feel so much pressure. Yeah, sorry. It's all going to be okay. (laughs) Wow, that's really nice. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Very reassuring. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Sometimes I really just need to hear that. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. I ask him that like every day. I'm like, tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah. And he does. Extra time initiated. Oh, Oh my God. She's telling us it's over, right? No, she said extra time initiated. Why does she do that? Why is she giving me? I just do weird things. to see how people react to it. Sometimes the machine likes us and wants us to keep going. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> you having fun? Yeah, I haven't I haven't done this in a long time. I know you start coloring and you're like, shit. Okay, we don't color okay, anymore. This is great. Okay. You so tell coloring? me this. I just color with my nieces now. Oh, you have nieces? Me too. Are they in Vancouver though? 
Yeah, they're in Vancouver. Yeah. Do you go back like for Christmas and stuff? I go back every October for my grandmother, Mummy Gina's birthday. Oh. Mm-hmm. She just turned 92. Wow, so you're trying oh, to like shit. make the years yeah. count. Yeah. yeah, so I'm trying to go back every year to just hang out with her. And, you know, She's like, she like raised me, so. Damn. This is really scary. I don't know why I went this direction. <laughs> it started out really cute. <laughs> Now it's like, I'm dead. Oh, it's like Momo. Yeah, it's like fucking so Slenderman. That's it. <laughs> hey, descri- that describe it, describe it to the listener. That's good. That's great. That is really something. Yeah. Jenna, describe your, your self portrait to the listener. Okay, so it's me um, with my fro, and I'm um, in a, a frantic. State. <laughs> That's the best she way to has put it. she yeah. has wide green eyes <laughs> and a Joker slash Harley Quinn esque grin. Okay. Oh, and her afro takes up the entire top half of this vertical. And yeah. it's pink. Which and is I'm wearing cool. a choker. Mm. Maybe like that's you. why your face is so green. Maybe you're running out of breath because the choker's on a little tight. I like your priorities, like no nose, but a choker. Like <laughs> the important things. <laughs> Who needs a nose when you have a chart a choker? Yeah, Friday. It's out on Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited for it to be out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes, one of the reasons. Yeah. yeah. How many songs is it? There's four. Four. Oh shit. Oh nice. Yeah, you dropping little, something little like EP. after? Yeah, I'm, after I'm dropping another music video. Yeah, yeah. For one of the tracks on the EP, and um, then after that, I'm working on a full-length album. Oh nice. She just yeah. gave us a Birdman hand rub <laughs> as she as she launched into <laughs> the full album. Yeah. I see you're excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. There's a lot of songs that I produce myself on that. Mm, definitely something to be excited about. Mm-hmm. Did you produce on this one? There's no track that I produced oh, on this shit. one. Yeah, all all of my homies. Wow. Yeah. Shouts to the homies. Yeah. Where would we be without the homies? Yep. I don't have any homies, so I'd be exactly where I am. So. Same. I doubt that. I, d- I doubt that, yeah, that both of them have no homies. That's, that's kind of why we're homies. It's because we have no homies. Oh, God. And exactly, because otherwise I don't want to fucking talk to anybody. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs>